the careers podcast with the information you need to take the next step from LMI UK, Nick Howes and John Rose getting under the skin of all kinds of careers, how you get into them, how they fulfil you and, and what passions as well they can fire within you. You know, Nick, I think that the career profile we're about to hear has some links to what I think we both agreed was an incredibly successful, a great week recently, Green Careers Week. Yeah, this is the first time we've recorded since Green Careers Week and it was great to see all the activity online uh, through social media, all the different schools, colleges, businesses getting involved. It was fantastic. So well done to everybody involved in that. Looking in from a distance, we, we just thought that seemed fantastically successful. Yeah, and, and some just amazing organisations and names attached to it. I mean, I, I can't mention them all, but you know, the Natural History Museum in London, the Met Office, the Environment Agency, the Space Agency as well. So, yeah, Nick and his team really, as always, kind of getting it all covered. Brilliant, brilliant work. Yeah. So um, the conversation this month is uh, with Nicola, who is uh, in a sector uh, that can either be for residential or commercial. And uh, I, I guess I defy anyone not to have come into some kind of contact with, with this subject, Nick. I'm sure. I'm sure you have. Yes, yes. This is this is one of those areas where I have a strong sense of appreciation for somebody else's talent. <laughs> it's uh, it's it's a, a world where uh, I I don't have the ability to to in advance imagine what's going to look good, whether it's clothes with interior yeah. design, as we're talking about today. Yeah. Uh, I just, once it's done, I can go, oh, yeah, that looks great. Mm. But being able to create, I, I'm so much in awe of, of Nicola's talents and, and those with similar abilities and appreciate appreciation for them because yeah, left to me, things would, <laughs> things all across <laughs> the world would, would not look nearly as good. Yeah, I, I think you and I are on a very similar page of this one. I, I'm often on the receiving end of the uh, of the phrase, that doesn't go with that. <laughs> You're not going out with that <laughs> shirt and those trousers. Oh, yeah, so I, it was, yeah. I, I really need to stop trying wallpaper on, that's for sure. <laughs> yep. Well, okay, Let's. Uh, well, that's nicely teed up. Let's hear some of that insight, all of that insight uh, from Nicola. Let's get that conversation on. Inside View. I'm Nicola Hazy from Hazy Design and Consultancy Limited. I'm an interior designer primarily, so I will go and meet a customer, find out their dreams and aspirations for a room or rooms in their home, and then we make a plan together. We do a space layout, we work out what ideal furnishings the budget would be, we come up with a decorating scheme, and then we work out a way to implement that and project manage it to the finish. Did you always see it as kind of crucial that and necessary that you did this running your own business or did you consider would you consider being employed let's say by you know somebody else a large organization mm -hmm. I definitely would it was met primarily uh, the driving factor was being around for the children actually when, I, when they were young and then I quite like choosing my hours and being flexible if I can't do something during the day I can back stack that to the evening and I can just edit my days as my family needs so so although I'm sure every project, you know, is unique, is individual, is there a, a, something that you could say is, is a fairly typical 
project for you? It is usually about three or four rooms in a home. Um, clients get very excited and they want their living room done, but then that would affect the next room. So while we're here and we're spending the money, let's also incorporate this and this and this. And they're pretty good. Most of my clients have got have planned this for a while. They've kind of had a feeling they wanted to get on with it. So they've, they've got a few rooms they want to do at once. I've got a few whole houses where clients would just like to keep me in the background and we just plod around and just do one room, have a little break, do another room, have a little break. And I'm just constantly working in the background. How does a design brief come to you? Is that is that a conversation, a series of conversations, or something online? How, how does that work? So that is usually uh, a kickoff call with a client. So they, I pick their brains, ask them everything I need to know. Um, I have a questionnaire that I've developed over the years that extracts everything I think I need to really establish what they want me to do. Um, we have a face-to-face so I can see the home, I can see how they live and what they need. And then from all of that, I'll analyse everything and produce my design brief and then we go through it together and agree it. And I think there's there's maybe a, a perception, I don't know whether this is right or wrong, outside of the, the industry, that you kind of need to be arty <laughs> to be an interior. Did, I mean, is that true, do you think? Mm. I think it helps because you have an eye for colour. You know, you just you can pick things up more quickly, can't you? I think you have to work at it a bit more. But it is a series of tips, tricks, rules, regs. It's how light works. It's how colour works in light. It's materials and textures. I think you could do it if you weren't arty. I think there is, it is absolutely possible, I think, with training and people showing you how to do it. But I think if you are naturally artist, artistic, I think that would give you an edge. Before you got to the point you're at now, the business up and running, it, there were obviously courses and qualifications. Uh, if we focus on the, the British College of Interior Design, yeah. just tell us about that diploma and what does it ask of its students? Oh, it was brilliant. So it takes you all the way through by introducing you first into colour wheels and how colour works and colour ranges and tonals and all that, all the intricacies of that. Mm-hmm tells you to look at rooms and judge what's good and what's bad about the design of them. It, it teaches you about how the light works. You learn about that, how to draw lighting plans. You learn about materials. You have to read a lot about the history of art and repeating cycles in trends and things like that. And you have to learn about products. You have to know what you're designing with and you have to learn perspective drawings. You, it literally t- is a lot. It is a lot. Um, but they do it in such a way that it takes you through the process. So at the end of all your assignments you end up with the start to finish interior design process um, with a client so it's really good. With a course like that is there anything that you'd recommend in terms of an attitude the way that somebody comes at you and their interests mm-hmm. to get the best out of it? I think if you have an in, you know an interest in interior design and you love all that kind of stuff it's the perfect thing and you just take it baby steps take you know time yourself do do a little bit at a time and think have a can-do attitude but the course was very well supported for me you could email tutors night and day you'd always get a good response they were very very positive and encouraging and there's loads of things you can do in a, in a sort of beside that course that would really benefit you if you've got experience in retail you're good with customer services loads of things you can do um, and look at and learn about and never stop learning basically read 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 everything <laughs> and what what do you think has been the most valuable lesson for you out of it that that has the most frequent application now let's say um from my course the process the process is there for a reason it irons out a lot of what ifs maybes and stops the overspend that often homeowners have when they're starting a project because you think i want to decorate my lounge i love this color i'm going to go for it oh now what furniture that when you learn the design process there things are done in a certain way and sometimes they seem a bit 
you know, is that necessary? That's very woolly. There's a lot of steps to this process, but it really does work. And if you follow that process, you save money, you have a, a design that lasts more than five minutes that's worth investing in and it adds value to your home. So once you become an interior designer, mm-hmm. what do you think kind of makes you better at that? How do you improve? Mm-hmm. Um, well, CPD training for one, I'm part of the um, Society of British Institu- International Designers. Um, so yes, 24 hours a year, you learn, you learn about the lighting, you learn about new paint brands, you learn about flooring and sustainability options, and you learn about the products you're recommending to clients. Um, you look and inspire yourself constantly with architecture and travel and you know other like stately homes and things. You're always, always taking inspiration inspiration and because you are looking at and learning about the quality of the fabrics and their function and the functionality of different products and materials and working with the trades I think you you're constantly absorbing information so that will give you a bit more knowledge than you know the general public taking a lot of photos maybe and you know outside of work always 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 taking photographs actually and saving photographs I have Mm -hmm. a plethora of mark moans at me because they're on our (laughs) personal home folders as well as buildings and interiors (laughs) Uh, what about challenges then um one particular that comes to mind is being so public facing if a client's taste is kind of you know somewhere over there and and you're you're finding it difficult to meet in the middle or you think your taste perhaps isn't that great (laughs) yeah so you have to be diplomatic obviously but what i often find is there's usually some common ground so you look at what they love and why they love something and the most important parts of that bit that they love and then you integrate what works with it so you just really have to step back and kind of desensitize yourself from your own personal taste sometimes and just think okay what's going to make them happy because sometimes clients will tell you they love the color red and they hate the color green and you go into their house and you see green everywhere in throws and paintings and they tell you that they hate green but it's a certain type of green and in their mind they've got this attitude and actually you have it's a little bit of psychology you have to pick apart what are they looking for how do they want to feel in a room and then you take something they love and then you work it into the design so sometimes you can't include every element but you conclude some of the elements when it comes to let's say costs going up you know mid-project or you know once the quote is in and then actually something completely out of your control has increased in price uh, you know, how that's there's another skill there in itself isn't there yeah so that is just about communication and so you're keeping an eye on what they're buying and the, all the cost of the project all the way through the process and if something is starting to look like it's going to come out of the budget you have that meeting straight away you have that conversation with the clients you present options so you tell them well we could do this instead or we could shelve that and come back to it and revisit later doesn't mean you can't have that now but maybe we just wait until next year and buy that part of the project and do this bit because this is the foundation like when you're building a room out flooring you know doing the walls and the lighting are the crucial elements to get right furnishings you can do a stage by stage if you know what you want and you've got your heart set on something you put the deposit down on it and then schedule that in at a later date so ways of managing it but you just have to be organized you have to be on it and you have to keep your eye on the current in the current climate all the time there you've kind of encroached on this idea of project management so it's not ju- just a case of sitting in a design studio that you know you're out you're on the phone email all the rest of it so again that's another raft of, of a skill set to kind of to add to the mix yeah that's been a real learning curve actually because when I did my course I thought oh, I love this I love the design work and then you hit the realities of well actually it's not just about the design because if it can't be implemented then it's not worth anything to anybody and the homeowners aren't going to know how to implement this because you designed 
need it. So you have to find, make it functional. You have to function first, you know, and then aesthetic second. Staying ahead of the curve or, or with the curve when it comes to what might be the latest look, the latest colours, which doesn't necessarily, I know, always inform because somebody might not want to go contemporary or kind of bang up to date with something. But where do you get your sort of education on that and kind of influences from? So that's all primarily from the design shows. The design shows are all over that. They are constantly looking at trends and a lot of fashion as well, things like Vogue and Tatler, all those magazines, all those companies are all about trends and colour trends and you know setting the scene so you do have to keep an eye on that and you'll see it at the design fair and all the kind of London exhibitions they have throughout the years usually end of the years they have those um but yeah I tend to keep my mainstay because my homeowners homeowners seem to have a certain style and I like things to last and I feel like although trends are important you need to acknowledge it you can acknowledge it in a way without it taking over a room just because it changes too often and colour can wear you out with your own creative flair there must be times though when you're challenged by that almost like the author of a book so you know start work in the morning and the next chapter you're looking at a blank page yeah, and you think I don't know where I'm going to go with this yeah. how do you approach hitting that block if ever you do I do hit that block and I return to my beautiful books I return to just getting some fresh air or looking for some inspiration um, I go back into the project and look at my questionnaires and find out about my my clients again and their personalities and their hobbies and kind of set your mind into them you are them just for a minute to see through their eyes what they want to see and you have to just go back into that go I take um, a scan of a property when I first start a project so that I can measure from it and check things that I might have missed when I've been on site Um, and I use that to get trades quotes so that to reduce footfall and things and that is actually sometimes helpful because I really look at that I revisit it I look at what they've got I look at what's important to them and I just build out from there I start with one object and then build outwards and I start playing around with fabrics I play around with wallpapers and just scheming basically messing around with lots of stuff moving it about the board bringing in flooring just being creative and if I can't if I still can't nail it I have a break and then I come back to it the next day and just start again (laughs) and and, and presumably it's also about building up that confidence and trust with uh, uh, other suppliers and people that are doing the, the physical side of the work yeah. that you know they'll be there they'll yeah. turn up and the quality of their work is great yeah and also the quality of the products that you're recommending to the clients and that the delivery is going to be on time and in a you know they're going to be respectful of the properties and they're going to do a good job yeah there's a lot of elements of that and that help that happens over time and experience the rewards then you know it's obviously hugely rewarding to see something reach its conclusion but what do you you know are there specific things you can think of that you've stood back and they have been a you know hugely rewarding experience for you yeah definitely mainly about how I've made the homeowners feel because they a lot of people don't expect what they get out of a completed room because actually the way you decorate in your home because a home is so very much important to everybody it's their castle and their sanctuary it changes lives it really does they'll use it differently they'll live in it differently and they'll feel better and they they usually we've exceeded expectations i've never not exceeded expectations yet yeah. touch wood so, <laughs> so yeah i tend to find that 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 whole feeling that you've created once it's all done yes. um, makes such a big impact and it really warms you because you think that ah, 
done it. <laughs> so it's, it, it is a holistic process then, isn't it? And it's something that, that has payoff in, in well-being. Mm-hmm. Yes, absolutely it does, yeah. If you can improve someone's lives just by a little bit, yeah. by showing them how to get there, then you've done a good job. Career progression or, or kind of some kind of branching out, for you, what, what would that be? What do you think it is for an interior designer? For me, just having a bit more help, actually. <laughs> <laughs> taking on a few too many hats these days as it's growing and scaling it's getting busier and busier which is brilliant I love that I just need a bit more assistance I think but um yeah yeah, it could go in many directions I prefer residential because I like getting to know my homeowners I like how important it is to them I think it's a little bit more soulful than commercial interiors Mm -hmm. um and yeah I just think it's I think just ticking the boxes and introducing more sustainability wherever we can. I'm showing homeowners how it is achievable, it is affordable, we just have to look at it from the right angle. Um, so that's my, my career progression, scale up on the sustainability side and yeah, just keep, keep plugging away. <laughs> and, and for you to have maybe you know one tip, one pointer for somebody that is looking at this and thinking, do you know what, that really sparks my interest, I'd love to go, I always loved interiors. What what do you think is is kind of absolutely uh, crucial as a as a tip? Okay, I definitely don't think that what you see on the television at these home five minute shows is actually reality. It takes a lot of planning and a lot of time, and you just see the rosy bits. <laughs> um, and I would read everything you can and get yourself to some of the trade fairs. Um, some of them are you know like grand designs is relatively good but some of them allow the general public in find out go um expose yourself to everything i mean you've got to look at these stately homes you've got to look at the detailing got to look at the coving got to look at the skirting look at fabric qualities and what it does and you know whether it's waterproof or water resistance or insulative you've got to look at all those things and just read and learn as much as you can because you can never know too much skill set Let's get right into the thick of it then, Nick, off the back of those brilliant insights from, from Nicola. I, I know that one of your observations is on the help she gives to the client in visualising what it is that they want and, and guiding and influencing skills come into that. And Because and, they are skills, aren't they? They, they really are. And we're always on the lookout for what are the, the specific skills and abilities required and interest for a particular uh, role. And then what are the general ones that, that can be useful to whoever's listening, whatever world and, and career they might be uh, interested in and looking to go into. And this is one of those universal ones. And I just thought the way that Nicola described it is fantastic. The, the, the brilliant question that you asked her about. What if the, the 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 client's tastes are actually? You think this is terrible? <laughs> That's going to look appalling. Yeah. And, and really, really appreciated the way she talked about it. you. You 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 guide. You ask questions. Mm-hmm. You have conversations with them. You're able to uh, you have to 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 raise thoughts and ideas to give feedback and do that in a way that is very much as a a, a guide a support using influencing skills and, and, and influencing skills are, are are absolutely right up there in some of those interpersonal skills what we call life skills or soft skills that actually make a huge difference in 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 any world whatever you're getting into and so the just the, the to pick up on that from from what she was saying about the the ability to to connect to have open conversations occasionally to say something that that might not be exactly what somebody wants to hear um, and and share your thoughts and your ideas in a way that that will uh, win them over. Share them with credibility 
all of that kind of stuff. I thought that was a, a great piece in the interview. Yeah, it's, it's a good spot. It's a great spot, Nick. And and then that obviously plays uh, into the uh, idea of giving options then, you know, giving choices. And, and I think that's something that's, that's universal to, to many, many jobs, isn't it? That uh, the idea that, well, okay, uh, I, I think this, but we might go for B or C and, and there could be some good sort of common ground. Now, I think that there's a point in in there amongst the many that's so beneficial in many jobs. Again, be open to networking. I mean, in this case, it's obviously interior design shows, exhibitions, that kind of thing, conferences, seminars. Be open to inspiration, I suppose. Yes, certainly. And the, the again, he, the the bit in the interview around you know, what happens when you get stuck. Well, I go for a walk. A bit like a, a you know, writer's block. Where I don't know what comes next. Finding ways to to get unstuck individually, but then tapping into the world around that, that is full of inspiration. And so the the exhibitions, as as uh, Nicholas describing that, I'm I'm putting myself into the the the, the visual of of exhibitions and shows that I've been to. At, you know, big centres in Birmingham or London or different places like that, where you've just got stands of of loads of different things going on and different uh people that you can talk to you know, go and meet real life people it's great to do something and listen to the the uh, careers podcast and you get to hear nicola's story but going to an interior design exhibition wow the, the you know there'll be dozens hundreds of people there that you can talk to and so if yeah whatever wherever your interest lies yeah um th- there will be things you go to you can go to there will be shows exhibitions um yeah gatherings that, that can give you access to, to understanding, uh, to hear people's stories. You know, a lot of people on these uh, shows, they are there for three days or two full days. And so they'll be really open to talk to you. So go along and meet them and, and yeah, get, get a deeper understanding of, of the world that you're interested in. I think is is a really good piece of advice. It it, it very much is that that idea of, of of widening horizons, and it it also it it, it struck me. It sounds like a, a great career, great work for someone who has a real vibrancy of character, an enthusiasm. I think you know you summed it up before we we started recording as an enthusiasm for learning. Yes, yeah, I know this is very much uh, after my own heart. I love learning new things and and. Again, so many, so many people do in different ways, and and when we learn things, it just kind of sparks off something new. It gets gets our our mind uh, alive and active, and um, yeah, even uh, Nicola was talking about doing CPD, continuous professional development, for twenty four hours a year in lots of different, um, not in one twenty four hour period. That would be an intense day, wouldn't it? <laughs> but spread out over the year, lots of different ongoing learning activities. Uh, that that keep you up to speed with what's happening in a particular industry, that kind of thing, and 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 this particular yeah this this field where you're you're continually looking to grow and yeah un- understand new things, cr- get new influences. You're reading magazines, she talks about reading magazines again, things that are so easy, loads of stuff on the internet, podcasts, um, YouTube, all all sorts that that you can uh, use that are at our fingertips, literally any time of day or night to get yeah to to spark ideas interest creativity and the outcome that comes across so clearly so strikingly is that happy clients job satisfaction equation um i suppose like a a self-fulfilling prophecy really nick the delight 
and reward of a job well done. And somebody stood there in their home going, wow, this looks great. I think of that in, in my own home when I've done even really small jobs or just painted a wall very simply and it looks better than it did before. You go, oh, this is great to, to play a role in transforming somebody's home or, or rooms in somebody's home. Yeah, I can, can kind of get that that would be phenomenally exciting, satisfying, fulfilling I'd like to return to this uh, green thread of what she said, because you don't need to see this kind of working career as something that somehow is is unfriendly towards the planet. Because, I mean, Nicola herself, and I'm sure other businesses, other firms, are, are looking to sustainability. They're looking to, to recycling, reusing. So the green thread is clearly a strong one. Yeah, absolutely. And it uh, reminds me of something I saw online a number of different times during Green Careers Week, which is that every career should be a green career, whatever it is. And so that that link to sustainability in the materials, in the, the, the conduct of suppliers that she uses, yeah, all, all throughout the whole process of, of keeping a keeping in mind, she this is this is really important. Our yeah, e ecological credentials matter and sustainability really matters. And and so that's great to hear that that's part of what Nicola's been doing. You've just reminded me something that actually we didn't commit to the recording, which was, you know, often in the, the kind of preamble, the conversation you have before the conversation, um, that, that Nicola said one of the things that she says, spare fabric goes to local schools. I mean, what a, that's a great thing. The local primary oh, school, primary school or primary schools, etc. Uh, they can do their crafting. So it's, it's a multi-use thing. Yes. Yeah, great. Um, one of the things that we do as business, LMI UK, is we're part of the Good Business Charter and 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 sustainability, looking to to be environmentally friendly, is is one of the kind of elements of that charter. And and you sort of see through that community lots of different ways in which people are fulfilling that. And and that's a, that strikes me as a really good example. I've got these leftovers. What can I do with it? How can we uh, we, we we have transport needs and issues? How can we do that in a more uh, sustainable environmentally friendly way how can we we've got different supplies in all kinds of different ways or materials that we use leftovers all that stuff so yeah really really good uh, let's just remind uh, those who are uh, listening consuming this podcast at the moment the making of a champion program it, it can obviously help with a, you know a raft of things a whole host of things uh, that i guess sharpen up your personal development and 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 help to make you career ready yes yeah, certainly certainly and uh, i've uh, just been having some conversations today about the, the making of a champion program and, and and lesson one module one within that program is all about recognizing your own interests and desires being alert to what grabs your attention very much like nicola describes with with how she got into uh, in, interior design and just loved the learning loved everything about it loved the the hard work and as well as the you know the, the the satisfaction of a job well done at the end and and so yeah if if you find yourself in a situation as you listen to this you go i don't know where my interests lie then then yeah please do kind of jump on our website and have a look it's lmi-uk.com forward slash young leaders and you'll see yeah lots around the making of champion you'll, you'll see some bit more about this podcast and and various other things. Well, Nick, I hope for many others. In fact, I'm sure it has been an education. And uh, by the sounds of things, it needs to be for for <laughs> you and me as well. So now, you know, you know that you need to have your feature wall, and don't forget the new skirting as well. Yes. 
Yeah, and uh, yes, you need a, yeah somebody like Nick. I'm just imagining the the the, the value she'd bring rather than me going and buying thirty different taster pots and oh, trying yeah. them all out on a wall, and then realizing <laughs> I can't tell which one's better or or not. Yeah, how are those oh. how are those greens different? They really are. No, yes. no honestly. So no. yes, we're we're kind of <laughs> taking a lesson away to to value and and yeah, genuinely is the. The, the vast array of different careers that are available. That's one of the core messages from this podcast, really, is there's so much out there, so many different ways that you can find a career that, that really uh, taps into your interests, your strengths, yeah. um, your passions, yeah, the, your skills. What are you good at? So, yeah, this has been great. Well said, Nick. And uh, thank you for your uh, insight and expertise. And always thank you, too, to Nicola of Hazy Designs, Nicola Hazy. And uh, we will speak next month on the next episode of the careers podcast cheers nick excellent thank you the careers podcast with the information you need to take the next step